Welcome to the party, pal. The, the Michael Dukes Show. The greed and the entitlement is astounding to me. What more could you want from a low-budget radio program? This is a dumpster fire. That was just BS. It is time to get a new perspective. We know just what you need, and we've got just the cure. Open wide and prepare for a steaming hot cup of freedom. I just don't fathom it. The Michael Dukes Show, streaming live across the world. That's right, streaming live around the world on the internet at MichaelDukeshow.com, where you'll find the audio-only live stream, as well as, of course, links to our social media sites where we broadcast and simulcast every morning on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitch. You'll find uh, links to our podcasts. If you've missed any of the podcasts, you can go back there and listen. We upload it, uh, upload it every day and more. And, of course, broadcasting live across the state of Alaska on this, your favorite radio station and or FM translator. Now, uh, housekeeping real quick. I got another email yesterday, uh, speaking of podcasts, about uh, the podcast. Somebody said, uh, hey, I, I, are you going to upload the podcast? I haven't seen um, I haven't seen a podcast in a week. Um, and apparently it uh, turns out that it looks like iTunes or Apple Podcasts or something is uh, has got some kind of problem updating the um uh, updating the podcast as they're coming in. I don't know exactly what's going on. I've got to reach out to Apple later today to figure it out. But meanwhile, if you are listening on Spotify or CastBox or Stitcher or Google Play or a ton of other apps that are available to you, those podcasts are uploading properly. So you could try a different podcasting app or you can go straight to my website, as I said, and you can play them directly off the website under the podcast link. You can find them all right there. But if you have an iPhone um, and are listening through uh, iTunes or Apple Podcasts, apparently it's not <clears throat> it's not updating correctly. So um, we'll see what happened. I sent an email to Apple yesterday, and we'll see if there's any uh, we'll see if there's any uh, response on that this week. Fingers crossed. I mean, I know I'm not uh, I'm not 100 percent confident, but we'll see what happens from here. Um, all right. Well, good morning. And uh, how are you, my friends? I hope you are ready for today. It is Tuesday. Tuesday, and we have got a lot of stuff to talk about, uh, both some headlines, which we're going to get into here in just a moment. And then we are going to um, be diving into it uh, with Brad Keithley from Alaskans for Sustainable Budgets. Brad Keithley will be joining us, and uh, we'll be chatting with him um, about the weekly top three, which topics include this morning, uh, we're going to be talking about the new base student allocation call. The There's been a they're, – they're already, they're already pushing for it. They're pushing for a new base student allocation increase, a new bill that the governor had vetoed that uh, Brad says would have helped the PFD. Uh, he and I are going to disagree on this one, which is interesting. We'll see what happens there. And then finally, uh, the interim choice for division or for Department of Revenue Commissioner um, and how Brad says that in his mind, this is an un 
inspired choice. So we'll be talking about those things with Bad, uh, Brad Keithley this morning. <clears throat> Again, ak4sb.com is his website, Alaskans for Sustainable Budgets, or you can follow him on Twitter or on Facebook or wherever and get all the info that you need on that this morning. Then in hour two, we uh, may take a phone call or two, um, and uh, we're st- still working on getting our Alaska phone number working again. Um Still having some, apparently there's some, uh, I don't know, there's a shortage of hardware or something. Um, They're having a hard time getting the number ported back over where it's supposed to be. Uh, But the phone lines are still up and running. uh, And so we'll be taking some phone calls probably in the beginning of hour two. And then we will dive into it with Chris Story, the man from Homer, who comes in every week for a life coaching lesson. And this week he also said that he would give us a little bit of a uh, a little bit of a political update. He said we'd talk a little bit about post-election stuff. And so I imagine we're going to have him on for two segments this morning. Um, the first one will probably, historically, we've done it this way, that we talk about the dirty, dirty stuff, the politics and everything else in the first segment. And then he lifts us back because it would really be counterproductive to uh, to give us the uplift segment and then, uh, you know, fill our heads full of ugly political stuff in the second segment. So um, I'm assuming that is the direction that we are going to be going this morning. So there you go. That's the uh, that's the full rundown. Uh, coming up in tomorrow's program, Justin Ruffridge is going to be joining us in hour one. Mike Shower is supposed to be with us in hour two on Thursday. Roger Holland, um, and I have forgotten who the next. But w- this is a full week, and then next week we've got Les Guerra, we've got Louis Flora, we've got. Um, uh, I believe we're also going to have uh, Stephen Wright and possibly Jessica Wright on next week as well. So there you go. <clears throat> a lot, lot of stuff, a lot of stuff happening, a lot of stuff happening. And uh, we're going to be busy for the next uh, seven weeks or so as we drive on into the uh, into the uh, general election, which is coming up. All right. Um, headlines, headlines. Who's got your headlines? That would be me. Uh, we've got, uh, some headlines here to discuss this morning, uh, including, uh, some new news on the, uh, general election front. Um, Must Read Alaska is announcing that, uh, actually, and KTUU, I guess both of them are announcing that, uh, candidate Buzz Kelly, who came in, he came into the final four. Um, of the uh, of the final Republican uh, candidates or final candidates rather for the uh, Senate election, the U.S. Senate election, has uh, decided to suspend his campaign. <clears throat> he was on a radio show yesterday and uh, announced that uh, he has decided that he is going to pull the campaign. He said, "I'm suspending the campaign." And I'm asking all those who supported me or my ideas, if you would now please throw your support behind Kelly Shabaka. She is our best bet to deny Murkowski. For her part, Shabaka said, I'm grateful and honored to have Buzz Kelly support and agree with his conclusion that presenting a unified front gives us the best opportunity to beat Lisa Murkowski. 
With both Buzz Kelly's support and the endorsement of former Democratic candidate Edgar Blanchford as well, it's clear that Alaskans from across the spectrum are uniting behind our campaign. And uh, that was Edgar Blanchard, who was a Democratic candidate in the center, uh, Senate uh, primary, endorsed Chewbacca last week. And so there's some uh, there's some there's some movement there. There's some good stuff. Uh, is it enough to overcome? Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed on that one. Interestingly enough, the elections may be a little different than what we had decided coming out of the primary, as the Alaska Division of Elections has uh, now been ordered by a local judge to review and enforce the state's uh, the Constitution's disloyalty clause when determining uh, uh, candidate David Eastman's eligibility for office. He uh, had his eligibility challenged to serve in the legislature based on his lifetime membership of the group of the group uh, Oath Keepers, which uh, the ADN uh, titles as a far right militia group. Uh, the ongoing lawsuit was filed by former Matsu Assemblymember Randall Kowalki and seeks to resolve the eligibility question. Uh, now, this disloyalty clause, which has not been tested in courts, bars a person from holding public office who belongs to an organization that advocates for the overthrow of the U.S. or state government. The Oath Keepers leaders and close affiliates have been charged in the January 6th attack on the Capitol. Um, the division, for their own part, argued that they didn't have the ability or the capability to investigate the disloyalty clause question and that it can only look at simple public records, you know, whether the candidate is of the right age and whether they reside in the right place. He was uh, Eastman was approved in June to run for re-election. But the judge, Jack McKenna, noted that the division, while it does not have uh, subpoena powers, he said it is a statutorily required um, component to determine eligibility based on the Alaska Constitution's provisions, including the disloyalty clause. He disagreed with the argument by state attorneys that making an eligibility determination on that clause uh, could cause impartiality. Um, Eastman's attorney, Joe Miller, <clears throat> appeared in court arguing that a bureaucratic agency should not have the ability to unilaterally deny a candidate from running for office, he said McKenna's order dramatically expands the agency's role in determining who can and who cannot run for office based upon inherently subjective and very political criteria, um, to which that <clears throat> I would agree. Now, we've talked about this on the program in the past. Um, I followed Oath Keepers well, probably a dozen years ago. Um, they had some people who wrote on their, they had a website and they had some writers in there. I think David Codrio wrote for them at one point and, um, they had some very, uh, they had some very good ideas back in, back in the day. Now, again, this was 10, 12 years ago and slowly but surely I stopped following their pages or whatever it was. And I just, I haven't really been paying attention. Um, but if for somebody who joins an organization for life, <laughs> Like, for example, how many of you are lifetime members of the NRA and how many years ago did you buy that NRA lifetime membership and how far has the NRA come from now to then or from then to now with things that you don't agree with? I mean, that's the thing. I mean, an organization can change. And just because you were a lifetime member 12 years ago uh, or purchase a lifetime membership based on one thing doesn't mean that it's exactly the same thing today. Um, this is a troubling, this is a very troubling trend uh, because not only, I mean, organizations can uh, can change 
and people can change, right? I mean, you can make it. You can you can grow. You can change your opinions. You can you can do whatever, and you may not be the same person 10, 12 years ago that you are today, uh, or organizations, or vice versa. So. I look at this, and now, again, there's never been any proof that that Eastman had anything to do with any of the January 6th stuff. He's, you know, none of this stuff. This is all just guilt by association, essentially. And and I find that problematic, um, that, you know, you could support an organization in the past, and all of a sudden, um, you can be hanged with it. Because uh, because somebody, you know, dug it up or whatever, or somebody in that organization does something wrong. I mean, look at the whole scandal in New York. I mean, we keep coming back to the NRA, but it's the biggest organization that I can think of that may be facing some of these issues. Look at the scandal in New York over the NRA and whether or not they were going to try and, and you know, d- dismember it and everything else. I mean, and of course, all the actions that were that that the NRA has been accused of. The rank-and-file members and life members that I know have all said, this is some BS, crazy stuff. What's going on in our organization? But because of their life, should they be then held accountable as lifetime members for the actions of the boards or for other members? I mean, it's just it, it, it just makes no sense. I mean, I don't agree with David Eastman's tactics on a lot of things. I mean, I agree on a lot of his principles and, and his ideas as far as the de- – the destination, I just don't like the way he gets there a lot of the time. But I don't think anybody should be disbarred from office because they signed up for an organization 10, 12, five years ago. I don't believe that that's the right thing to do. But that's, I, I guess that's just, that's just me. That's just me. Um, have you now or have you ever been a member of a communist labor organization? Yeah, this is very much reminds me of the McCarthy kind of thing. Uh, thank you for that, Brian. All right, we're coming up on the break. We're going to jump into this. Brad Keithley, Alaskans for Sustainable Budgets, is going to be joining us here in just a hot second. I still got some other headlines, including this. Are you seeing these continuous hit pieces right now um, uh, on um, – um, on uh, uh, Charlie Pierce, um, it's problematic to say the least. And of course, it doesn't help that it doesn't appear that Charlie is really responding to any of these things. I don't know how you would respond, but I'd like to see something. Um, it's gonna be um, it's gonna be a tough situation. But we're gonna we're gonna get into that here in just a moment. Let's um, let's take a break, and when we come back, Brad Keithley will be joining us. And we're going to have a, we're going to, well, let's get ready to rumble. We're going to have a, we're going to have a showdown. The Michael Duke Show. Common sense, liberty-based, free-thinking radio. We'll return with Brad Keithley from Alaskans for Sustainable Budgets. He's up next right here. light, our guide, and our trusted friend. Okay, we're in the break right now, ready to go. 
Um, all right. Going back up here. See what you guys are saying about everything. Somebody said there was no Facebook. Facebook's up and running. There's a bunch of people on Facebook. But then Sandy said, had a hard time getting on the show this morning. Well, you know, they're trying to hide the truth. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> um, let's see. Um, Kelly Chewbacca was in Ketchikan. We had a very nice meeting yesterday. Hey, it's raining again. Big surprise. Big surprise. Soon they will put the Alaska Independence Party and Libertarians on the list, said Daniel. Only approved party members of approved parties will be allowed to rule. Yeah. Um, let's see. I thought this was covered under the First Amendment freedom of association. I would, yeah. I mean, again, it's been 10 or 12 years, but I don't ever remember, ever remember the uh, Oath Keepers talking about any kind of overthrow of anything. In fact, their whole name was that they wanted to uphold their oaths to the Constitution, that they were military men and police officers and 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 average everyday folks who wanted to up. That was why they called them Oath Keepers. They wanted to uphold their oath to the Constitution. Um, so, I mean, it's kind of crazy. It's kind of kind of crazy stuff. Um. All right. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Only 29 people here. Where is everybody? No notification on Facebook, said Greg. I don't know what's going on. Uh, it wasn't coming up in YouTube either. Had to go search for it both on YouTube and Facebook. What's up with that? Again, can't stop the signal. All right. Uh, Brad Keithley. <laughs> Alaskans for sustainable. I, Brad, they're trying to, they're trying to, they're trying to do it to me. They're trying to get me. That's what's going on. Uh, can't stop the signal. You, I like that. Can't stop pirate, pirate radio station. That's right. You can't stop the signal. Well, that's a that's a nerd reference from the movie Serenity for Firefly. So that was the thing. Can't stop the signal. But it's the same idea. We're going to be there. It's going to be what's going on. Uh, how are you doing this morning? You ready to go? I'm doing great. Should I have my boxing trunks on? Or yeah, you and I like are going to have a fight here in a minute. I'm going to tell you right now. We're going to we're going to great great radio. Way to go, Michael. I know. Hey, I'm here. I'm here. I'm here to do it. We're only here to uh, educate, entertain, and enlighten. So that's what it's all about. Uh, if you're ready, I'm ready. We're going to jump into this here in a hot second. Okay. Yep, I'm ready. All right, you sound good. I sound good. I sound good. Uh, we're going to be getting into this here and uh, and doing it to it. So just uh, uh, hold the line there for uh, for a hot second. Brad Keithley, uh, Alaskans for Sustainable Budgets, is going to be in the uh, in the room here in just a uh, just a minute. We're going to kick things off. Meanwhile, um, do me a favor. Do me a favor. Uh, first of all, can I say thank you? Because there was a bunch of you. Uh, that followed and did what I asked. Um, um, the uh, You went out to Twitch, and right now I got 55 top followers on Twitch because you guys uh, stepped up to the plate, and I can't tell you how grateful I am to those of you who did that because, I mean, you got to make another account and everything else and all that. Uh, now, could I ask you to do the same thing on YouTube? I mean, you, most of you probably already have a YouTube account. You didn't even have to create a new Twitch account. You just make, you've got it. It's right there. All you got to do is, uh, all you got to do is hit the, uh, hit the little subscribe button and ring the bell. Um, 
and you can get it out there. And yes, Sandy, Sandy says, well, now I've got the Twitch app. I have a third choice. Absolutely. Uh, Chris is over there right now. Uh, he says, I'm sure David could win an appeal about six years after the next term of service ends, says Chris over on Twitch. So Chris is watching us on Twitch. Thank you for the comment, Chris. Uh, but it's a great opportunity. So if you haven't, gone over to the, uh, if you haven't gone over to YouTube and liked and followed over there, just like the ladies that were having a hard time, you know, listening and, and finding the show this morning, the more options you have, the more likelihood of being notified. So go over there and get it done. So there you go. Um, all right. Uh, like, share, follow Brad Keithley up next. Let's do it. The Michael Duke show, common sense radio. All right, the weekly top three is where we dive into three issues that um, uh, are usually important. Uh, it's what Brad Keithley, founder and director of Alaskans for Sustainable Budgets, uh, feel are important. And we bring him on this morning to discuss. And uh, we're today is, today is no different. We start things off. And uh, today, Brad and I are going to throw down because we totally disagree on something. But I, I, I can't wait to get into that. But Brad probably already knows what I'm talking about. So let's get into it, Brad. The weekly top three. Number one, you've already heard it. The weeping, the wailing, the gnashing of teeth, the rending of clothing. It's for the children. We have a $68 million deficit. We've got a $550 million budget for less than over 100,000 kids. And we just don't know what to do because we don't have enough money. The Anchorage School District is out there on a plea campaign to try and get somebody to give them some more money. And uh, you're saying that any increase to the base student allocation, which is what they're talking about, is going to cost and who's going to pay? Yeah, exactly right, Michael. And, um, and, and I think the Anchorage School District announcement that they're facing a $60 million uh, revenue shortfall budget deficit uh, next year is going to add uh, fuel to the fire. We've already seen uh, some op-eds showing up. We've already seen candidates talking about it. I think this is going to be, frankly, one big difference uh, uh, that, that whether you elect a coalition or not is going to make. If you elect a coalition in the House, and in the Senate, I think you're going to see a big push for BSA increases. You may even see it uh, if the Republicans win, because it's going to be a it's going to be a for the children type campaign. We've seen uh, even Republicans be re, uh, uh, respond to that uh, in in past periods. Um, so I think I think the BSA is going to be high on the agenda. BSA increase, uh, base student allocation increase, is going to be high on the agenda coming in uh, to uh, to the next legislature. The, the issue that I hope we focus on uh, as, that, as that hits is not only do we need the increase, but if we're going to have an increase, who pays? Uh, the way we have set up government now, it's going to be middle and lower income Alaska families. If we continue to do what we've done in the past, it's gonna be middle and lower income Alaska families uh, through additional uh, PFD cuts. Uh, to me, this is a clear example of why we need to focus on the who pays issue because that's that's unfair. That's that is that is horribly regressive 
and horribly misplaced and horribly misallocated to push the costs of any BSA increase on to middle and lower income, only on the middle and lower income Alaska families. I think the I think the who pays issue. If you fo- if if we focus on the who pays issue and and say, look, if the BSA if the BSA has increased, all Alaska families have to contribute to it uh, in some sort of proportional manner. If the BS, it, I, I think that is important to push that issue because that sh- that could engage the top twenty percent <laughs> finally in pushing back on on increased spending. If they think if the top twenty percent who's been apathetic about spending issues. They'll give lip service to the need to cut spending, but they won't give the votes and they won't give the, the lobbyists uh, uh, the effort to, to try to cut spending. If um, if they think they're going to face part of this increase, if they think they're, that we're going to spread the costs equitably across all Alaska families and engage the top 20 percent, I, th- I think we're going to see we, we are more likely to see the top 20 percent pushing back on spending. And I think that would make a difference. Uh, in the legislature, so uh, I, big I, issue coming. Big, big issue coming up. I think the issue is the real issue behind it's going to be who pays. I mean, I, I agree with that, but I think you've hit the nail on the head. Really, of the fundamental issue is that if we should increase the BSA, I mean, the BSA, a lot of that money is being sucked up by administrative and overhead and everything else. We talked yesterday, um, yesterday or day before. You know, what do we get? Like forty percent of every dollar ends up in the classroom for the university. It's seventeen cents on every. I mean, we're looking at the, you know, the consumption of all this funding is actually being picked up and 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 sucked up by the overhead, which to me would mean that the administrations are the ones that need to look in their inside their own houses, not in the classroom, but inside their own houses to do it. I mean, I understand what you're saying is that that's the argument that we need to make when it actually hits the floor. But the bigger question, I think, is should we be increasing the BSA of five hundred and fifty dollars for, you know, whatever it is, a hundred thousand students? That's I mean, I don't think, even think it's that high, but it's that's a lot. Michael, I think I think the I think they go hand in hand, and the reason is you and I can talk about you know the the things that we can do to 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 avoid a BS increase BSA increase. Charlie Pierce wrote a good op-ed a few uh, weeks ago uh, on on the overhead issue and on the administration issue that how much is spent on administration, and I think that's a good issue to push. But you and me, middle and lower income Alaska families, have not been able to push back on spending and and reduce spending by a material amount. We saw that in 2019. We saw it in 2020. We've seen it in every legislative session uh, 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 since uh, Dunleavy's been governor. We can talk about it a lot. We can push back on it. But without the top 20 percent engaged on these issues, we're not making progress in, in pushing back on spending. I think if we talk about both the whether we need an increase and if we're going to have an increase, who pays for that increase at the same time and push hard that if there is an increase, it's got to be the costs have got to be spread equitably. I think there's a chance we engage the top 20 percent and in, in, in pushing back on the spending. If we if we wait until the BSA increase is already done, then start talking about about who pays. I think it's I think it's too late. I think the top 20 percent will say, ah, let's just keep going down the road. Uh, we've been going down. So it's to me, it's it's important to talk about these two issues directly uh, at the same time to get the top 20 percent engaged in uh, in pushing back on spending. 
Brad Keithley, Alaskans for Sustainable Budgets, is our guest. So how do we frame it, Brad, in your mind? I mean, what is the, you know, what is the best way to frame this argument if we have to, I mean, basically, essentially, we're fighting two battles, the if we should increase it, and then the who pays if we should increase it. So how should we be framing this if we're talking to our elected representatives in your mind? In, in in that way, Michael, as 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 two issues, should we increase it? The answer is no. But if we do increase it, and and you know we need to face the fact that we may have coalitions in both the House and the Senate, which would virtually ensure that there will be an increase. If we increase it, uh, then it, the cost of that increase, uh, the cost of education generally, but the cost of that increase certainly need to be spread equitably. We we need to stop this. This, this trend of just pushing the costs off on middle and lower income Alaska families. They need to be spread equitably across all Alaska families through some sort of tax. So it's, I, I, think, I think you just say, I just, you frame the issue as two issues at once. Uh, do we need it? No, but if we have it, uh, then the costs need to be spread equitably. And I think that second issue triggers the top 20, 20% to start pushing back on the costs. I mean, we've, We've seen we've seen Natasha, we've seen Stevens, we've seen all of the all of the you know top twenty percent Republicans, uh, Thompson in the House, Lebon in the House. We've seen them be very apathetic about spending. I mean, they they they've bent over backwards. Oh, it's for the children, so we need to do that. I think we're going to continue to see them be that way until they and their constituents have to face the music with respect to the cost as well. Uh, one of the arguments that I've seen in the past, and Charlie makes in the chat room right now, is. How about linking, uh, linking spending to performance? Uh, that's something that we've been calling for for a long time. I mean, we continue to spend ever-increasing amounts of money, and yet we're still in the bottom 48th, 49th, 50th you know, of 50 states. I mean, it, it, is there any chance of that in your mind? Well, great argument. Uh, push the argument. But once again... You and me and, and, and the remainder of middle and lower income Alaska families making the argument haven't been enough to push back on, uh, to push back on spending in the past. We need to engage the top 20 percent um, in that argument as well. We need to make them part of the issue. They need to feel part of the exposure, part of the risk of having to pay for this uh, if, uh, if, the, if the legislature approves it. And then we need them to start talking about things like administrative overhead. We need them to talk about uh, uh, things like uh, uh, linking it to, to spending or linking it to, to lower 48 uh, uh, standards. We can talk about that all day long. You and I have long since figured out how we can cut government spending down to, uh, down to traditional revenue levels. Right. But we haven't achieved it because it's just been you, me, and, and middle and lower income Alaska families talking about it. We need to engage the top 20% in, in this conversation as well. We need their resources, their connections with legislators that they've that they've derived through donations and contributions and other things. Their lobbyists to be concerned about it and to push back on, on it also. Uh, we've seen a lot. We've seen a lot of reasoning behind this, uh, you know, for the children, et cetera, et cetera. But really, what it seems to be for is for the teachers' unions, in fact, um, and for the bureaucracies. Uh, because we see things like this comment in the ADN article from Corey Ace, who's the president of the AEA, the Anchorage uh, Education Association. He says these issues create unnecessary stress. 
Uh, he says the story isn't this story isn't really necessary. What is a district going to cut and how are they going to cut that? The question is, why are they being forced to go through that process? Basically, they should have unlimited funds. There shouldn't be unnecessary stress. I mean, like the rest of the world and businesses and people have to deal with every day that stress of having to live within their means. Yep. And guess what? And guess what? Zach Fields and other Democrats say, yeah, we, we need to do that. And we need to take it out of PFD cuts or we need to take it through PFD cuts because, you know, the PFD is free money and it really, you know, it really belongs to all Alaskans and we ought to be spending it for things we need it for, including including for the children. They know, they know, the Democrats know that if the top 20 percent are engaged, they're going to be in trouble in, in being able to push these spending increases. They know if the top 20 percent have to pay for part of spending that that that's that there's going to be a significant amount of pushback on that spending. Yeah. So you're not only going to see you're not only going to see Democrats and the, and the unions. And Zach Fields is the poster child for this. You're not only going to see Democrats and the unions say we need to do it for the children. We just need to do it out of permanent fund earnings, which is sort of the euphemism for PFD cuts. We need to do it out of permanent fund earnings because after all, it's free money. And, right. And, right. And we, and we and we get to decide where it goes. So, again, I mean, they're also signaling that they're concerned about the top 20 percent being engaged there. They know that if the top 40 percent is engaged, that their spending patterns are going to be in trouble. Brad Keithley, Alaskans for Sustainable Budgets. We're coming up on the break. Brad, you say up next, the governor has vetoed a bill that would help the PFD. Them's fighting words in my mind. Um, <laughs> let's talk about that. Give me a quick tease here. Well, the governor vetoed a bill that would have established a tax uh, on e-cigarettes. And I and I know I'm leading with my chin when I start talking about attacks on vaping products uh, uh, with you. But uh, the governor, the, the legislature passed by broad majorities. And we're going to talk about those majorities. By broad majorities, <laughs> cute, very cute. By broad majorities uh, in both the House and the Senate. In fact, the Senate twice passed by broad majorities, uh, a, a relatively small tax that would have increased revenues, would have reduced the dependence on the PFD for, for paying for government. Um, and, uh, and, and the governor vetoed it because he said he's just not going to agree to any tax. So I think that's a mistake. I think it results in additional pressure on the PFD, additional pressure on PFD cuts, and I'll, and I'll explain why after the break. Brad Keithley, Alaskans for Sustainable Budgets. We're going to be back with more here in just a moment. Don't go anywhere. The Michael Duke Show continues. It is your home for common sense, liberty-based, free-thinking radio. Back with more right after these messages. If you missed the show, you can listen to it on your time with Dukes On Demand. Oh, and it's free. Like... America used to be streaming live every weekday morning on Facebook Live and MichaelDukesShow.com. Okay, Brad Keithley is our guest here in the. Uh, wait a second, I had you turned down. What was that, Brad? That was great theater, Michael. That was great theater to blow smoke in my face while right. I'm talking about now it. You talk about that. I'm going to talk about that. Uh, <laughs> and, but I have a method to my madness. It's not just because I myself uh, use electronic cigarette products. It's because, uh, well, I, we'll get into it here in just a second, but I want to go back, um, excuse me, into the chat room here and uh, see uh, lots of comments this morning about 
I guess Facebook just reinstalled itself on Sandy's phone while she was in the middle of watching the show. And a lot of people said they didn't get notifications um, on one or the other. And to that, I say, this is why you should like me on all three platforms. This is why you should like me on Facebook and subscribe on YouTube and follow me on Twitch. Because of all, you'll find one of them. One of them, I'll be there somewhere. That's the, I mean, that was the whole point of this whole madness. The reason we started multicasting is because Facebook was so, um, I don't know, not inadequate, but I guess unreliable as far as notifying the listeners and everything else. Somebody said uh, that they had to find me and it was very hard to find me this morning um, on the uh, on the show. I didn't get a link today and it's not easy to search for the show either, said Robert. So yeah, this is again, just another reason why we should be um, following and subscribing and ringing the bells on both YouTube and on Twitch as well as Facebook, because that's, uh, that's what's going on. Um, uh, let me just go back over here and see what else. I mean, I think Charlie's comment, which I, I keep wanting to come back to, how about linking spending to performance? I mean, as ideal as that would be, that's never going to happen because they don't want to have their monies tied to performance because then they would have to perform. They'd have to actually have an outcome that was viable. They would have to actually compete in the marketplace of ideas. And that's not something that they're down with, Brad. No, I, they don't want to do that. And they, and they don't want to take any actions. I mean, it's not just that. They don't want to take any actions that result in constraining spending. I mean, they're not only going to push for an increase in the BSA, they're going to push for a defined benefit uh, plan for teachers because, you know, we got a shortage of teachers up here. And God, you know, by the end of it, we may be pushing pushing for a defined benefit plan for bus drivers because we got a bus driver shortage. We we're gonna we're gonna face a, a tremendous amount of pressure for for the children. Um, and and you know. We're in you and I and, and listeners in the chat room are going to be able to come up with all sorts of reasons and all sorts of 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 of, of approaches for how to how to reduce spending or how to how to limit spending. But let but let me say this again. You and I and other middle and lower income Alaska families have not been able to push back on spending uh, since since 2019, since when when this governor got installed and tried to tried to uh, cut spending back to traditional levels. All the ideas we come up with, all of the all of the rationalizations for keeping spending down, they're all great. They all work. They all would work. But there's not the political will to do it. And why is there not the political will? Because the top 20% aren't engaged in the effort. They will give it lip service. They'll say, yeah, 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 we need to cut spending a little bit here and there. But ultimately, when it comes to for the children, that they they'll be votes. I mean, Steve Thompson, Bart Laban, Natasha von Imhoff, Gary Stevens. You can just go down the list. They'll be votes for you know for the for the children for increasing spending for pushing back on spending cuts. So we have to get all Alaska families, particularly the top twenty percent, particularly the donor class, engaged in the effort. If we don't, it's just gonna we're gonna come up with a bunch of ideas. We're gonna run ourselves ragged talking about them, uh, but we're not gonna achieve political success. And, uh, I mean, you and I agree on that. I mean, that's been, uh, that's been part of our reasoning for this whole time is that, uh, you know, until they get engaged, until they start to feel it in the pocketbook as everybody else uh, does, 
there's never going to be any appetite, especially since many of them are connected in some way, shape, or form to the crony class, which is the crony capitalist class of businesses that are basically built their entire business model on government contracts and living on government funds. And that's part of that's part of our problem right now. I mean, the Democrats have figured out that they can increase spending as long as they push it to middle and lower income Alaska families. They don't care. They don't care about the economic impact on lower and middle income Alaska families. They, they, they figured out they can increase spending as long as they push it down there, as long as they keep the top 20% apathetic. And as long as we keep going down that road, you and I are going to talk ourselves blue in the face about, about the various ways in which we can cut spending and keep it down. But we're not going to be successful because the Democrats and, and, and the moderate Republicans are going to keep end running it by just taking money out of the continuing to take money out of the PFD. Brad Keithley, Alaskans for Sustainable Budgets, uh, is our guest. Uh, you can find him at ak4sb.com and, of course, on Facebook and on uh, Twitter and uh, all over the place. But it's probably better to follow him on Facebook and Twitter because he gets real active out there. Uh, we're coming up on the <clears throat> coming up on the break, and we're about to jump back into it. Please like and share this video on Facebook, on YouTube, on Twitch. You can like it and share it from all of those places. And make sure you subscribe and ring the bell and then follow on YouTube and on Twitch. Let's get back into it. Here we go. All right. Continuing now. Uh, Brad Keithley, our guest, uh, Alaskans for Sustainable Budgets, the weekly top three. Uh, Brad, uh, your next uh, discussion and talking point was about a bill that the governor vetoes. The Alaska Beacon has the article, Alaska governor vetoes bill to tax e-cigarettes and raise minimum age of tobacco. Um, all right, I'll, I'll, I'll have your take on this first before I, uh, before I lose my mind. <laughs> well, here's the deal, Michael. We're in an era of a leftover PFD. The, the, the legislature, Von Imhoff has been clear about it, others less so, but, but it's clear we're in the age of a, of a leftover PS, PFD. And what's the leftover PFD? The PFD, the, the PFD cut uh, or the level of the PFD cut is what's necessary to balance the budget after spending uh, reduced by other revenues. That's what the PFD is. It's the leftover PFD. Here we had a bill, um, it's not the world's biggest bill, it's about a million two hundred thousand dollars. So it's not gonna, it's not gonna really do a lot to anything in terms of money. But here we had a bill that the legislature finally passed that would have increased revenues. And by increasing revenues, it would have increased the amount of the of the leftover PFD. It passed. This is a tax bill. You know, everybody says we can't pass tax bills. It's a bill that passed the Senate the first time. 15 to four. It's a bill that passed the House after being amended to reduce the tax. It's a bill that passed the House 31 to nine. Kevin McCabe, for example, voted for it uh, in the House. Uh, Mike Kronk voted for it in the House. Sarah Vance voted for it in the House. It passes the House 31 to nine. It has to, because it got amended in the House, it has to go back to the Senate. It passes the Senate the second time, 18 to two. Rob Myers votes for it uh, uh, in the Senate the second time. So you have a you have a tax bill finally. I mean, we, we can't, people say we can't pass any tax bills. We have a tax bill finally that passes the legislature by huge numbers, comes up to the governor. What does the governor do? He vetoes it. 
because it contains a tax, a million two hundred thousand dollar tax. Talk about talk about sending a message that this governor's not open to doing things that will improve the PFD. That was exactly it. Massive pass, massive numbers in the Senate, the House, and the Senate again, and the governor vetoes it. So I just, you know, I'm, I'm frustrated. I'm frustrated by this governor who talks about we've got to increase the the PFD. We've got a bill that would help do that by by in, by reducing the the leftover amount that needs to be taken out of the PFD, and yet the governor vetoes it. All right, you ready? Um, here's the problem. Okay, yeah. So we're gonna put up your dukes. Here we go. This is the put up your duke segment. Um, so here's the problem. The portion of the bill that the governor had issue with was the tax on electronic uh, smoking products, e-cigarettes, vapes, whatever you want to call it. Um, here is the problem. Vaping is used as a cessation tool for many people who smoke. Now, I've never really smoked, so I'm kind of an outlier on this deal. But many people, and I, I have many friends who have used vaping as a way to get away from tobacco product, burning tobacco products like cigarettes, et cetera. Um, and in other countries, they have used this successfully as a cessation tool to help people stop smoking and to get healthier. Uh, this bill would have increased uh, a significant component of, of uh, you know, on vaping products. Um, but the biggest part to me was this. This is the comment from Gary Stevens. The tax portion of the bill was aimed at discouraging people from getting addicted. One of the things we've seen in tobacco taxation is that every time taxes are increased on tobacco, and they're including vaping products in that because there's nicotine, although nicotine is not tobacco, they're calling it tobacco, and they have been increased several times in Alaska, so people stop using it. Anytime we see a government trying to have behavior modification through taxation on people, that is an inappropriate use of power, first and foremost. Secondly, the bill... They're talking about putting a 45% wholesale tax on products, meaning they're going to tax if it costs if it costs a, a 10 bucks, it's going to be 14.50 by the time you're done. That's just for the cost to the supplier and then your costs are going to go up. Not to mention the fact that for example, the city of Anchorage has over a 50% tax on vaping products and the the Matsu Borough or Wasilla has another 40% on top of that. And the thing is, are we trying to make people healthy or are we trying to drive people back to cigarettes, which have the lowest tax at $2 a pack when it's all said and done? And is this really about behavior modification or is this just about people who are offended about people trying to make their lives better? And like you said, it's a million bucks out of a six plus billion dollar budget. I'm not saying that we shouldn't find cuts and things, but taxing people and trying to modify their behavior through taxation is, in my opinion, immoral. It's none of your damn business what people do. Now, again, especially when you're talking about a 45% or a 25% or a, the final bill was 35% wholesale price on, on, uh, on vaping products. That makes no sense whatsoever. Why are we trying to hurt people who are trying to get to a healthier lifestyle? That's my question. Well, we're always going to, every tax is going to have some downside. Every tax is going to have some pushback. And, and I don't disagree that, that this may have uh, uh, some, some impacts. But look, the Matsu has a tax on, on this. As you just pointed out, Anchorage has a tax on this. 
And and it's not like it's not like this state in its in in in, in at least some of the localities haven't faced that issue and decided to go go ahead uh, with the tax in any event. The tax here would have would have equalized the tax on e-cigarettes, vaping products uh, versus tobacco. They weren't penalizing e-cigarettes; they were just equalizing it uh, to uh, uh, to cigarettes. I you know I, I you know vaping a heck of a lot better than I do. So I'm not going to I'm not going to get into a vaping argument with you but this was this was an opportunity again that passed the Senate the first time 15-4 passed the House 31-9 and passed the Senate again the second time 18-2 this was an opportunity finally to have some alternative revenues that would help reduce the reduce the dependency reduce the the impact on PFDs and the governor, the governor vetoes it. The governor didn't veto it because he thought it was, you know, somehow an infringement on rights. What he said was there were many conversations about what an appropriate level of tax would be, but ultimately a tax increase on the people of Alaska is not something I can support. That's not an argument about vaping. That's not saying it's an infringement on 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 vapors' rights uh, to have uh, to have this tax. It's just saying I can't agree to any tax, and and that is that is that's going to be the death of the pfd if we can't have alternative if this governor is saying we can't have alternative revenues that help reduce the dependence that our state government has come uh, has come to have on pfd cuts if we can't have alternative revenues if that's what this governor is saying then we're in a world of hurt uh we we may we might as well just stop talking about the pfd because it's just going to keep being the revenue source that that people go to so I, 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 we, we can't have a boxing match on the, on the, uh, on, on the vaping issue because you'll just knock me out every time. Well, and but I, we, I, I don't but, even but think, we can, but, but, but we can have a disagreement on whether or not the state needs alternative revenues and whether this was a because of the massive votes behind it whether this was a good opportunity to have alternative revenue. Uh, and, and I think your, your justification, well, look, the Matsu has a tax and Anchorage has a tax, so it must be okay. And the majority of the legislature agreed, so it must be okay. The leg- the majority of the legislatures agreed to spend $16 billion over the last six years out of our savings. That doesn't make it okay. That's not a valid justification for a tax on people. Again, I would say probably arguably that the people who are smoking and who will go back to smoking are probably in the lower to median incomes as well. So they again will be disproportionately affected. So this is a doubling down on like the PFD taxation as well. And raising the smoking age from 18 to 21, we could still draft them. We could still send them in the military. They can still be tried as adults, but they can't choose for the, they can't choose their own, uh, you know, choose their own poison at the end of the day. It, it, the whole thing, to me, was somebody's pet project. This was Peter Machicki's pet project and Gary Stevens' pet project to begin with. And I think that overall it's wrong because they may not agree with something. They're going to go ahead and utilize it. You know, it's a sin tax. If you don't like it, I think it's a sin. It's a sin tax. You're going to pay. And again, look at what the National Health Service in England did over there. They made it available as a cessation tool all over the place. Again, you don't want to argue on that. But the bottom line is... It, it to me, it makes no sense in the long run when you've already got taxes on taxes on taxes. When you're talking about the things will be there'll be a hundred percent tax almost at the wholesale level on a single product. Name me another single product that's got nearly a hundred percent wholesale tax on it. You got a minute here to finish up. 
Oh, almost the PF, uh, the PFD. It's not a hundred percent yet, but but we're headed toward it. I mean, we we are what we're doing in this state is we're targeting taxes. We're singling out certain sorts of sources of revenue like the PFD, and we're singling out certain products like vaping to 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 tax to to, to raise revenues. We're not broadly spreading the tax. And what does a broad tax do? It increases the denominator and lowers the take from from everybody that that you have to that, that you take from them. I mean, what the problem with the PFD is you ha you're having to take a billion dollars targeted against the PFD. Brad Keithley, Alaska's for sustainable budgets. We didn't get it in number three, uh, but we'll I'm sure we'll cover it here in a second. Brad, thanks for coming on board. As always, good to talk with you. Michael, as always, thanks for having me. Uh, all right, we got more coming up. Hour two dead ahead. Chris Story is going to be joining us. The Michael Duke Show, Common Sense, Liberty Based, Free Thinking Radio. If you got to go, make sure you come back tomorrow. Be kind to one another, love one another, and live well. Hour two of Common Sense Radio is up next. Again, I just see this as a doubling down on taxation of people who are already being kicked as far as this no, goes. No, but no, I mean, no I, no, I disagree with that. This is not a doubling down. This is an alternative source. It's regressive. I don't I don't disagree with that, but it's not as regressive as PFD cuts. And these things you have to look at relatively. Is it is it better than 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 the regressivity you get out of PFD cuts? And and yes, it is. It, it's regressive, but it's but it's less regressive. Uh, than PFD cuts. So I, I don't view it as doubling down. I view it as, as yes, targeting a, uh, a given segment of, of the population, but so do PFD cuts. They target middle and lower income Alaska families. And the question is, which targeting is worse in terms of, of regressivity? Um, I'm, I don't even know where to go at this point. I'm just I, I'm so irritated by this whole thing uh, because I've been looking to see what it's doing to businesses and everything else um, and to the local folks and, and my friends who, you know, one friend who smoked a pack a day and who's like, well, if this little bottle of juice that used to be $12 now costs $30, which is what's happening, then I guess I'll just go back to smoking cigarettes because that makes more sense and the tax is cheaper. Um, I mean, it just, you know, it makes no sense. This behavior modification uh, through taxation is, again, I'll say it, it's immoral. I mean, to, to say, so, you know, to try and control somebody through the taxation is an immoral thing. But, you know, I, I, I want you to get on to number three, Brad, because you and I are not going <laughs> to, you and I are not going to agree on this because, again, I mean, I, and I, look, I'm all... Oh, we're, we're going to have this debate every time about every tax. Somebody's going to come on and say, oh, you can't tax that because it does X. Well, the problem is the alternative is just continuing to take PFD cuts. And PFD cuts have the largest adverse impact on Alaska families and the largest adverse impact on the overall economy of any of the alternatives. I guess this, I, this is the question. Does the government really have a business? Is it really their business to try and decide to tax me and change my behavior? Is that their business? Keep in mind, Michael, Dunleavy didn't veto this because of behavior No, I'm talking about the sponsors of the bill said they, they were doing it for behavior modification. They wanted people to be healthier, and they want them to not be addicted. And so they're going to tax them. Is that the government's business? 
I, you know, you're gonna, you're gonna, you're gonna level me every time. No, on that just, particular that's, issue. It's a taxation issue. Is it? I mean, again, I don't. And and I'm not trying to beat you up, Brad. I'm just trying to say, and I agree with you that we have to find a way to try and fund outside of the PFD. What we should be doing is pushing back on all the spending to get down beyond the PFD, and that they shouldn't be taking it. But I mean, a. a this whole this whole thing right here to me it just it disproportionately affects people who are trying to get better who are trying to you do better I, in their life you and i have talked have talked ourselves until we're blue in the face about the need to cut spending i agree with you we don't disagree we don't disagree on that but we've not succeeded and why have we not succeeded because we're not we're not engaging the top 20% yeah maybe this tax doesn't engage the top 20% either but it's some revenue it's some step that the legislature by overwhelming votes approved. So I, I, you know, yes, this, this, this particular tax has problems. Every tax is going to have problems. If not you, I'm going to be debating with somebody else over, over some, over other taxes. The problem is if we don't do something of that nature and we finally got this one through the legislature, if we don't do something of that nature, we're just going to continue down the road of PFD cuts. Uh, the, uh, I'm just, I'm just looking at the chat, at the chat room here. Uh, funny how Michael doesn't like a tax. He opposes it, but let's do an income tax. I mean, look, I'm not in favor of an income tax. I said, if we have to have it, it's probably the best one, the flat tax, but I'm not in favor of an income tax. I'm in favor of cutting the budget. That's what I've been talking about for years. Brad and I both talked about that for years, but if we have to have one, should it be a flat tax? That's the question. Um, and I think what really irks me about this whole thing more than anything else is the blatant in your face parochialism and uh, you poor, poor, pitiful children, we have got to decide for you that you need to be healthier. And so we're going to tax you into uh, into behaving properly. And that really is one of the things that irritates me. And again, the many people that I know that will be affected by this and could shorten their lives because of it. It's, you know, it, it just irritates me. That's I guess that's the big thing. Let me try it this way. I would have preferred another tax. I would have preferred a, a, a non-targeted. I would have preferred a broad-based tax. Even if it only raises a, bill, a million two, I would have preferred a broad-based tax uh, to try to do that. But this is, this is one that finally got through the legislature. And it got through the legislature by overwhelming numbers. And it just sort of, for the governor to just sort of spit back in their face, not on the vaping issue, not on the behavior modification issue, but because, quote, ultimately a tax increase on the people of, of Alaska is not something I can support. For the governor to spit back in their face on that, I think is just, I, I, don't, I don't understand how we're supposed to solve this problem if we can't engage the top 20%, if we can't make everybody responsible uh, a broader base of people responsible for paying for government. And I'm referring back to the article that you sent me. The bill also included a tax on electronic smoking products that contain nicotine, which is what Dunleavy took issue with. It's not in his quote, but apparently in his whole comment, he said that was the part that he had heartburn with. So he didn't have a comment other than other than this letter. I mean, he doesn't comment on anything. That's Dunleavy. <laughs> well, that's true, too. I mean, that's true, too. All right. Well, um, we don't have time now to get to number three because... <laughs> Put up your dukes, man. Um, all right, so we're gonna uh, we're gonna we're gonna leave it there. I guess maybe we'll pick up the number three next week and have it as number two or number one or something, and uh, we'll continue. <laughs> Brad, 
Thank you so much for coming on board and sharing with us. I appreciate it. Uh, Michael, this is this is great radio. And and thank you for not blowing smoke in my face a second time. I just thought that was funny. I just thought that would be easy. And it wasn't literally in his face, folks. It was at the camera. Man, people are so sensitive these days. All right, Brad. Well, thank you so much for coming on board and joining us. We appreciate you being part of it today. Michael, as always, thanks for having me. All right, folks, we got to go. Um, we're going to uh, we're going to uh, jump back into it here. Please like and share this video. Like and follow the show page. Subscribe. Ring the bell on YouTube. Do all that stuff. Here we go. Hour two of the Michael Duke Show. Put that thing back in its holster. We haven't gone anywhere. I don't understand. Check out the MichaelDukesShow.com for information on how to get access to the podcast. Welcome to the party, pal. The, the Michael Dukes Show. The greed and the entitlement is astounding to me. What more could you want from a low-budget radio program? This is a dumpster fire. That was just BS. It is time to get a new perspective. We know just what you need, and we've got just the cure. Open wide and prepare for a steaming hot cup of freedom. I just don't fathom it. The Michael Dukes Show, streaming live across the world. Across the world on the internet at MichaelDukeShow.com, where you'll find the live stream and links to all our social media sites where we simulcast the radio show every morning on video. That's YouTube and Twitch and Facebook. You can find us out there. You can also, of course, find the podcast and more. And every day we broadcast live across the state of Alaska on this, your favorite radio station, and or FM translator. Now, hour two of the big radio show, we just finished up with Brad Keithley uh, with the weekly top two or top three. It should have been top two because we <laughs> Brad and I got a little argumentative there in the last segment because uh, I disagreed with one of his uh, assertions uh, on this thing. Um, but uh, but here we are just finishing up. If you missed it, you can go back and listen to it um, on the podcast or on the replay on any of the social media streams. And, and we can talk about that as well. Chris Story is going to be joining us at the bottom of the uh, excuse me, in the next segment. And he's going to go over the bottom of the hour and we'll probably take him into the third segment as well. We're going to talk politics and then. Then we're going to talk, uh, we're going to get our weekly life coaching lesson because uh, that's how we roll around here. Meanwhile, in this segment, um, I, do I want to, um, yeah, I guess I will. I guess I will take phone calls in this segment uh, to talk about things because um, I, uh, I guess I want to get your take on it. Uh, by the way, this hour of the program being brought to you by our friends at Satellite West who have got all your communications uh, needs covered, uh, whether it is uh, you know phones or texting or email or internet. They can do it all with the help of the satellite and the Iridium satellite network. Uh, they've got the tools and the technology to keep you connected anywhere in the state of Alaska. Uh, you can find them at SatelliteWest.com, and we want to say thank you to them for sponsoring the program. Here's the number to call this morning. My Alaska number is still broken. 
Thank you, GCI. I'm, I'm waiting. We're waiting on a part now. We're waiting on a part. I mean, thinking they'd have a million of these in the warehouse, but I'm waiting on a part. So um, my direct line to my conference uh, phone is 319-527-3864. 319-527-3864. And I guess that means I got to turn the dang thing on. I forgot to turn it on this morning because I wasn't going to do phone calls, but now I've decided to do phone calls because that's how we roll around here. Um, anyway, uh, you can uh, you can join us and, and give us your thoughts. Now, we were just talking about this bill. Um, and quite honestly, again, every time I see the... Um, uh, you know, every time I hear the justification of, well, so-and-so's taxing it, we should tax it too. Wasilla's taxing it, we should tax it too. Anchorage is taxing it, we should tax it too. And the majority of the legislature agreed, so we should. the governor just should have let it go through. Well, I guess this is one of the few times that I'm going to go ahead and agree with the governor on this because I think that this, uh, I, I think that this made absolutely no sense whatsoever. I guess first and foremost, because of the commentary from Gary Stevens in the beginning of the bill, is that the tax portion of the bill was aimed at discouraging people from getting addicted. That's, that's as, again, behavior modification through taxation. That, I mean, if you've got legislators who are calling for that, they need to go. Because that's not their job to modify your behavior. Willie is out in the village and he says Bethel syntax are 12% on alcohol and it has an 80 cent per pound shipping charge from Anchorage. And then there's a 15% tax on weed products. Taxes have never slowed a person down on consumption as far as I know in his anecdotal information. That's what kills me. Uh, you know, this whole thing is that you're and especially again, setting aside the facts that 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 I'm really opposed to taxation in general, but the fact that they are adamantly attacking uh, something that is uh, that has been used as a cessation tool in the for example, in the UK, the Royal Health Service, the Royal Cancer Society has endorsed the idea of vaping as a use of, as a cessation tool. And the National Health Service, has um has uh, they're putting vaping supplies right inside the stores right inside the pharmacies so that people can go in there and they have cut their smoking rate in England by over 50% in the last 5 years and uh, the Royal Cancer Society has found that it's 95% or more safer than smoking now, does that mean that it's completely harmless? No, but it's 95% safer than smoking. Why wouldn't you want people to be able to quit when they, you know, got started early, they smoked, maybe you don't like whatever. It, it, it you know, why would you do that? Why would you make the, the regulations and the taxation so onerous that people are basically left with the one option that's slowly killing them? I mean, and why would you be proud of that? I mean, you know, uh, somebody says it's way too personal for me because I vape. Um, put a much larger tax on ammo might be a good way to add revenue. I would be against taxation on ammo as well for the same reason or further taxation on ammo because it all, already we get money into the Pit, Pittman-Roberts Fund and all that other kind of stuff. 
I'm against taxation in general, but again, the idea that somehow this behavior modification is going to fix the issue, uh, that by taxing them, you'll, you'll modify their behavior. Tell me how prohibition worked out for you. Tell me, tell me how that one worked out for you. It, it's, it's just insane. And I guess, you know, if it had been a 5% tax or a 3% tax or an 8% tax, you may have been able to swallow it better. But when you're talking about a 45% wholesale tax at the state level, and then the various communities have got another 45 to 50% wholesale tax on top of it. I mean, you're doubling the product cost before it even gets to the consumer. Name me one other product that has 100% tax on it before the consumer even sees it. I mean, it's just, it's insane. But maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm wrong. You you tell me. Uh, 319-527-3864. 319-527-3864. And Brad named off some luminaries who voted for the bill. Rob Meyer voted for the bill. Kevin McCabe voted for the bill. Uh, you know, so-and-so voted for the bill. I'll fight them, too. I, I mean, I, I don't care. I mean, I, I'll fight with them, too. This is not, I mean... <clears throat> It's not a solution. It's not a solution. But uh, again, maybe that's just me. You'll have to, you'll have to tell me. Three one nine five two seven three eight six four is the phone number if you want to sound off uh, on all that. The ADN is uh, up to its uh, up to its old tricks again. Um, they have. Um, they posted an article about Charlie Pierce uh, as the outgoing uh, mayor. Now, we covered this story yesterday because Must Read, man, they, they're all over this stuff. Must Read has got these stories like a day ahead of either KTUU or ADN. Suzanne Downing is doing some good work over there. As long as you can read between the lines and get past the partisanship, it's an amazing thing. Um, but they go on and on about the investigation into uh, uh, the supposed investigation uh, about a borough employee making a credible harassment claim gets, you know, the, I had to laugh because the previous harassment claims that Charlie has faced um, was that he was a bully. He was bullying. He was bullying illegal acts and allegations of bullying. Charlie Pierce is one of the most straightforward men I've ever met. And I think some people find that to be, <laughs> they, you know, when you're straightforward and strident, Maybe they consider that to be a bully. Maybe somebody got their feelings hurt. I don't know. But just the tone of this whole story is just oh, it, such a hit piece on really one of the only conservatives in the whole race. I just I find it. I find it. And the, the bottom line is, in the end, is that they're like, he's doing this. He declined to drop out so that Chris Kirka could take his place. That was the final parting comment on this whole deal. And I'm just like, you guys, <laughs> you guys. Uh, all right, let's go over here and uh, we'll uh, take some calls and see what you guys have to say. Good morning. Who's this? Where are you calling from? Oh, good morning, Mike. This is Mike here in Fairbanks driving down Chena Pump. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm a little discouraged at Brad uh, wanting to tax this, and then he also brought in the PFD. Uh, uh, I'm neither a smoker nor do I get the PFD, but um, I don't think it's fair that he should bring that up, that other cities have passed this tax. Uh, my friend out here, he was a terrible smoker, three packs a day. Now he, he vapes, and he says it's actually 
uh, doing him a world of good by vaping as opposed to buying three packs of cigarettes a day. But uh, I'm kind of tired of the taxing. Everything's taxed, tax, tax, the manufacturer's tax, producer's tax, consumer's tax. And I'm just, I can't believe Brad Keithley is, he wants a tax. For years now, I've listened to him, and he, to me, sounds like he's a pro-tax kind of a guy. Um, I mean, I, you know, that may be your takeaway on this. I think Brad has advocated that, yes, we need, I mean, Brad and I have been doing this, you know, do, he's been on this show for six years, seven years. And we've been talking from the very beginning about the need to cut the size and scope of state government um, and and why it's necessary. Um, but, you know, a couple, three, four years ago, Brad started saying, look, they're they're not listening. They're not cutting. There is no political will to cut. So if there is going to be a tax, this is the kind of tax we should have. He was trying to mitigate the damage. Um, and I think some people could take that away is, is that he's pro-tax. I think Brad is anti-tax. I think he is. Uh, more limited, uh, you know, smaller government. But he's also a realist and understands, like many of us do, that until there is the political will to make those changes, we have to mitigate whatever damage is coming down the pike to make sure that we get the most, if it's going to be a tax, it should be the most appropriate form of tax. And I think that's what he's trying to push. Well, it just in my, it's my opinion. I, I understand that. But I think, uh, I think, number one, cut the spending. And it's going to go back to the vote, Mike. People need to get off their butts and start voting for the right people and, and not the people that promise everything and they get into office and they go exactly against the people's will. This state needs to vote better for better people. The people that are running this state are terrible, and they're running the state into the ground. I think the, the PFD should be a sacred cow. They shouldn't touch it. They should give the people their money because that money goes all back into the state to help people out in small families, especially in time of this inflation. I, to me, I'm disgusted with taxes. I'm sick yeah. of them, and I'm sick of this government, Mike. But that's that's all I wanted to say, Mike. Thanks, Mike. I appreciate uh, appreciate you calling in and joining us this morning. Uh, thanks for being part of the show. All You're right, welcome. let's uh, go over here and take another call. Good morning. Who's this? Where are you calling from? Hi, this is Barbara. It's Mark Paul. How are you today? Good morning, Barbara. What's on your mind? Well, I got two things going on. You know, you got to elect better people, right? So there's two campaign events that people in North Pole or Fairbanks might be interested in. One is uh, up at uh, uh, Thursday evening at 7 o'clock in Fox Community Center. I'll be talking. And if you are in North Pole, then Friday night at the Hotel North Pole, uh, I'll be there from 6 to 8, as well as a bunch of other borough candidates. So come on in, get to meet your borough candidates. If you want to, the tax cap is up. That's another tax that people are uh, <clears throat> need to come out and support. So come on out and learn about the propositions and meet the borough candidates. Okay, what's the date again? One of them is Thursday at uh, Fox Lions Community Center. That's on Thursday. And uh, there's also... Uh, a way to call in on that on Zoom if you uh, look at my campaign page, Haney for SNSC on Facebook. I've got the graphic posted and uh, with the Zoom information. And the other one is Friday night. That's just at the North Pole Hotel, and that's it from 6 to 8. All right. Well, th thank you, Barbara. If you're a senior, Raven's Landing from 4 to 6 at Raven's Landing. 4 to 6 on what day at Raven's Landing? 
Friday. Friday. All right. Well, thank you, Barbara. I appreciate you calling in and uh, sounding off and letting us know about those events. We appreciate it. Um, all right, folks, that brings us uh, right up uh, into the break. Uh, and so I guess uh, we'll officially close the phone lines uh, for now. And we will uh, continue here in just a moment. The Michael Duke Show continues. Your home for common sense, liberty-based, free-thinking radio. Back with more right after this. We're broadcasting live through a series of tubes. Allowing all of these entities to provide streaming stuff going on on the the, the Internet. Well, it's kind of hard to explain. Sorry. Streaming live every weekday morning on Facebook Live and MichaelDukesShow.com. Okay. Um, Let me close this right here. Goodbye. Uh, we'll get that squared away there. And look at that. Uh, we got uh, all of that uh, done. Okay. So that is fixed. Let me get back over here to the chat room to see. Um, um, let's see. Did you seriously just suggest that all the – wait a second. Oh, why can't I – there we go. Uh, did you seriously just suggest that all the something good men and women who voted for this syntax need to go? People you regularly have on your show. Are you serious? No, I suggest, Jessica or Jennifer, that you listen a little closer. I said, Brad used them as objectives to say these people voted for it, so it should be okay. And I said, I would fight them on that. I don't believe it was a good thing to vote for. Yes, I actually disagree with people who I have on the show. Shocking, I know. But no, that's not what I said. I did not say that we needed to go. I said I would fight them. You know. Um, wasn't there something about teens getting into vaping, something about trying to get that stopped because of the substance they were vaping? Might that get mixed up with something? I mean, that's a big push right now. That they're, oh, it's all the teens. The teens, the teens are the ones who are the increase. And in, you know what? I could tell you all the kids who were smoking in high school. That was the other thing. Aaron said it earlier. Vaping also targets children disproportionately. An increase in tax to make it more difficult for kids to access. They're the most vulnerable to price increases. Yeah, uh, I have never seen a kid who was smoking that didn't get a chance to get smokes, son. I mean, I hate to tell you that, but taxes on cigarettes never stopped a smoking kid from not getting smoking. Or from smoking dope or anything else. We all saw it in high school. I mean, I haven't been in high school in 40 years, but I still remember that. And it still goes on today. Absolutely still goes on today. So, yeah, the tax does not slow down the kid at all. That's the, they're already, the behavior pattern is already there. But, you know, it's all good. It's all good. Um, All right. Um, Brad, uh, Brad Keithley is gone and now we're bringing Chris Story on the line. Hello, my friend. How are you? Well, maybe if I could actually hear Chris, that would help. Let me see if I got this right there. Are you there, Chris? Uh, there we go. You, hey, Michael, good morning. How are you, my friend? Excellent. 
You? I don't have to ask. Never mind. Don't tell me. I'm don't doing, tell me how I'm, you are. I'm doing fine. I'm doing fine. You ready to dive into all the political stuff and then give us the uplift? Or are you all ready to go? Oh, okay. Sure. And uh reminder? We talked about this last week. You were going to give us your thoughts on the election and the rank choice voting and everything else. And then we were going to do a, a uplift after that. Is that. Are we still on board for that? Or do I need to only keep you for one here? Well, let's see where it goes. Just that, yeah, I've um, I've had my head somewhere else this morning. So yeah, yes, just I'll just follow your cue. Did not realize that rectal defilade was an actual geographic location. Um, okay, yes. I uh, found it. I found it. There it is. Uh, all right. Uh, well, good. Um, you're all ready, and I'm all spun up. So this is this is exactly what we need to. This is exactly <laughs> okay. the kind of race we need to. Uh, you're leading. Yeah. In this tango. Yes. It's a tango. It's going to be a tangle. It's not going to be a tango. Um, All right. Mission creep. Let's see. Government has too much mission creep sticking their places, nose in too many places uh, that are none of their business. That's government's – I mean, that that is their nature, is it not? Is that not the nature of government? Um, All right. We're going to uh, continue on here, and uh, we're going to jump into this with Chris Story here in just a second. and uh, we're going to uh, we're going to uh, share some thoughts with him. It's going to be fantastic. You can't wait. Uh, so I guess uh, I guess we need to uh, kill the phone number first, and then uh, we will jump back in with Chris Story, the man from Homer. Robbie says I was a smoker. Worst mistake I ever made. Finally quit, but it was difficult. Right? Wouldn't you like to have had some tools to be able to have access to that you know could have made it better for you? Mm, no, maybe. All right, let's go. Here we go. The Michael Duke Show. Common sense, liberty-based, free-thinking radio. Welcome back, my friends. It is hour two of the Michael Duke Show, broadcasting live across the state of Alaska. On this, your favorite radio station and or FM translator, this hour of the show being brought to you by your friends at Satellite West. And it is Tuesday, so let's uh, jump into it with one of our perennial, well, I guess weekly guests, not perennial. That's uh, that's a little bit longer time frame. Uh, Chris Story. The man from Homer. He is a realtor. He is a soothsayer and a guru. He is a potter. Pottery, not the other. Anyway, Chris Dory. Hello, my friend. How are you this morning? What's going on? Good morning, Michael. I find myself on top of the world looking down and uh, liking what I see. You like looking down on everybody. I mean, on on the world, (laughs) don't you? That's right. Hey, my friend. um, Let's... um, we I invited you on last week, and, and uh, luckily I reminded you here before we got started. I want to talk a little bit about 
uh, the political nature of things. Now, that's not your normal shtick. Your normal shtick is more uplift and, uh, you know, kind of pe- making people's lives better. You talk about you have your own radio show, which broadcasts on Tuesday and Thursday down on the peninsula uh, on, I think, KPEN down there. And uh, you talk about real estate and, you know, you got a lot of different things. But politics is really not your normal. That doesn't take up the lion's share of your time. But I think you've got some good insights. You and I have had lots of conversations uh, on and off the air about this over the years. But, um, you know, uh, now now that we're post primary and everything else, and we're getting wound up here, we're only seven weeks away today, seven weeks today, in fact, from the general election. What, um, what's your take on things? What, you know, what, what, what are your thoughts? Give me, hit me with some of your thoughts here as you look at the candidates, as you look at the ranked choice voting system, as you looked as how things have peeled apart. What, what are, what are your thoughts? Well, I, I would merge the two together and say, I like two things. One, I like, that over these years that you and I have uh, known each other and become friends, I like that we don't agree on everything politically. In fact, I called you specifically last week to poke you about the permanent flood and said some things that caught you just, it was like I went up to you and lit your hair on fire. And I love it. I love that we can debate. We can sit down and have lunch and discuss things that we don't agree upon. We can discuss it over the phone. A lot of times I'll um, I'll bring up a subject to you very specifically that I want to know more about by asking a provocative question because I know I know you're going to hit me over the head with how you think and what you think about it. So I like that about politics. I've always looked at politics. I've been paying attention since I was very young and watched every minute of the Iran-Contra uh, hearings on televised, televised Iran-Contra hearings. I right. loved every minute of that right. i loved ronald reagan since i was a little kid and can remember watching his speeches and just quiet president speaking i loved him and i loved everything about it so politics to me are part of what i consider the whole life in other words i'm engaged i i consider myself awake i consider myself uh paying attention and yet able to disagree with people i like i remember one time very specifically on Facebook, not that social media is the the bellwether of all things moral or right or conscious or awake. But I remember having a conversation back and forth with somebody who is Satan to my angel. You know, I mean, as far as politics are concerned, we couldn't be, be more opposite. <laughs> this guy was as far left as you could possibly go in this world. Right. And he and I were having this little debate on Facebook and somebody popped in uh, a really angry liberal person popped in and said oh my god i can't believe you're friends with chris story and this particular person responded uh yeah we agree on nothing politically but he's a good guy or whatever and we went back and forth like that but i thought isn't that interesting in a whole life politics is a slice of it and yet we've sort of brought it back to i kind of know which team you support and you know which team i support which means we're obviously going to be adversarial we're going to be negative towards each other and right. i wish that we could debate our favorite candidates or tax or lack of a tax or is the permanent fund socialism sort of in disguise of replacement of our uh, uh you know mineral rights we don't enjoy even if we don't own property i wish we could have that kind of conversation discuss it debate it and then go to lunch and right. go discuss and, and enjoy each other's company outside of the disagreements we might have politically. Because I think politics is part of 
a whole life if you're awake. I mean, I would agree. I mean, it is part of the life and it is what's uh, it is what. Uh, uh, you know, kind of drives the, the, you know, the the system of governance and everything else. And we should be able to agree, uh, excuse me, agree to disagree. Uh, we mm-hmm. should be able to have a conversation. And in the end, even though we may have been on opposing sides, still be able to go break bread or have a beer or whatever it is that we want to do together. Um, I've found that many times over the years, people that I've disagreed with, uh, you know, on philosophy or governance or politics, and we've been able to go find other points of interest that we do have common interests in. And that's the thing. That's what's really wrecking us these days. What's really wrecking us is, as you said, um, oh, that person belongs to such and such party or that person supports such and such a person or politician. Therefore, they are my enemy and they should be destroyed. They should be excoriated at every opportunity. We need to get the venomous pen out and drip the vial and, 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 and bile all over them. Um, and and that's, that's not how we're supposed to – I mean, first of all, that the, the whole – what happened to the whole Socratic method of logic, re- uh, logic, rhetoric, and debate, right? I mean, logic, mm-hmm. rhetoric, and reason. Why can't we have these debates logically and still find some common ground? I mean, what is what is stopping that these days? I mean, you and I are of the same accord but on this, yes. but why are, is it so hard to find people in, in any political persuasion who believes what we believe? Well, or, or for example um, – can two things be true at the same time? And can we just acknowledge it on our side? Can we just acknowledge George W. Bush had a personal vendetta against Saddam Hussein and wanted, he just wanted nothing more than to take him out for having tried to take out his father uh, eight years prior. Of course, that's true. And did that have something to do with our invasion of Iraq? Of course it did. I can admit that even though at the time I was a staunch supporter of George W. Bush at that time and the, the war efforts. And I can remember standing in the Sullivan Arena just before a, uh, a big craft fair was about to start. And they announced over the loudspeaker, we started the bombing in Afghanistan in, uh, following 9-11. And uh, there was just not, a, you could hear a pin drop in that entire arena. Every, and there was thousands of people in there and they stopped still and listen to the announcement over the loudspeaker and then there was an uproarious cheer and america had united and yet at the same time we can look back and go two things can be true at once he was wrong and he was right i'm speaking of george w bush and just because he's got an r next to his name didn't make him a saint or perfect in every decision he made can two things be true about lisa murkowski can she be an alaskan who loves alaska and does the best she can Yes, and she's a democratic liberal. In <laughs> she's clo- she is not a Republican. Can can we just have an intellectual conversation about that? I remember one time I was walking the trail uh, here on the Homer Spit, and a woman who uh, would like to rename remain nameless, so I won't repeat her name. But she said to me, "I said to her one day, I said, well, you know, I saw you at the Republican debate the other night, and I thought that was interesting.'" Because, you know, you're obviously a Democrat. Why don't you have your own candidate? Why don't the Democrats have a candidate running against Paul Seaton? Uh, and she said, well, because we have Paul. And, okay, well, and I like Paul. <laughs> Paul's a nice guy. Uh, I like him. And he does a lot of good for our community. He's a very nice person. A lot of volunteers, and even now he's out of office. But 
can two things be true about Paul? Can he at once be a Democrat who knows he needs to be a Republican to get elected? And can he be a nice guy? Can we just have an intellectual conversation with honesty about that? And I think that's a little bit what's missing. I remember you and I debated hotly over Ted Cruz and Donald Trump. And that was one of our last real political debates we had on air together while you were still on KBYR Anchorage. And I was a staunch uh, Donald Trump guy. I read every single one of his books. I loved him. I loved his, everything about it. Obviously, he's got some issues with, you know, things. But I liked his business approach. I liked the way he thought. I knew he'd be an actual president. Uh, and you were a Ted Cruz guy. We had this great debate. And yet, we still remained friends. We still remained um collegiate and and we're able to converse with each other about many many other topics even though we disagreed hotly on that topic and that's what i think is missing a little bit and i don't know if i'm answering your question or not but i think what's missing is the ability to just see, be incredibly intellectually honest and yet you know ad admit that our emperor sometimes wears no clothes no, I mean, I agree. This folds back into my discussion about how politics is destroying our soul. That, uh, again, we, I mean, this used to be kind of a behavior pattern that we saw on the left a lot of times where if you're not with me, then, you know, on everything, then you're absolutely against me on everything. And so you must be destroyed. You are the outlier. You are the they. And that used to be kind of a uniquely, you know, liberal mindset. And unfortunately, today, I see it on both sides of the aisle. Um, I see it in the, you know, the veneration of, of Trump and all his policies and all the things he does. And if I point out the things that he did wrong or things that he was, uh, you know, he, that he broke his campaign promises on, I'm immediately attacked because of that. Um, we need to be able to point out the foibles of our elected officials, whether we support them or not, and be able to talk about them. We need to be able to point out the, the, the falsehoods and other people's uh, theories without, without attacking them. Without, you know, you need to you need to poke holes in an argument without attacking the person. And I think I think we've kind of lost that. And I think we're encouraged by the news media and others um, to to jettison that kind of reasonable debate, that kind of reasonable logic. It must be if you aren't for the things that I'm for, you are the enemy and you must die. I mean, that, that if you are on Facebook for five minutes, you can find those kind of arguments where people are, you know, I mean, I can't tell you how many times my wife has come to me with a tear in her eye and said, I had this friend and all I did was express some kind of opinion on something and they immediately, and I'm like, unfriend them. I mean, what are you going to do? I mean, if, they, if, they, if that's all they're going to do is attack you because you don't believe exactly like they believe, then, I mean, what, what good is that at that point? And coming full circle to your opening question about ranked choice in the recent election, I don't know anybody, to be quite frank with you, I, in my, my circles, both political or familial, social, I don't know anyone who understands fully the process and or how it came about to being uh, our new voting system. I really don't. So when you ask about, you know, that, or you have a discussion or a debate about these kinds of things politically. Now we have this whole other element of it, which is none of us really have a frank understanding of how it came to be and or how it's going to be applied going forward. There's a lot of confusion. You mentioned people excoriating you for your opinions, maybe on Donald Trump or other. Think about Sarah Palin recently. I, I believe she is a patriot. I believe she's smarter than she was portrayed in the, the, uh, the primaries where she joined John McCain. I don't think she's an idiot. And I don't think she's, um, 
you know, not capable. I believe she is capable of being a good representative. Right. But I also believe she left a long time ago. I think she followed the money. Don't blame her. But I think it's okay to admit she took a, what, 11, 10, $12 million payday, left the state, became more or less a resident of Arizona, had a toehold here in Alaska. I think we should be able to talk about that and understand the only reason she's entering the political landscape again is because she sees a national window. She sees a seat in D.C. that could potentially bring her back to the national conversation. She isn't running for House District H out of whatever. Um, you know, she's not interested in going to Juno. She's not really interested in Alaska politics. It's about self-serving. And can we bask in the glow of her national reputation and her conservatism if she's elected? Maybe. But why can't we discuss all those points without being, you know, attacked for not just blindly supporting her because right. there are legions of fans. And so right. I'd like to be able to have these kinds of conversations openly, publicly, and still remain, oh, yeah, I like Michael Dukes. I know he's... He said a few things critical of, of Sarah or questioned maybe her motives. Is it more ego than, than it is really serving Alaska? But why can't you hold that opinion and you and I just debate it or disagree on it and then continue on as neighbors in Alaska? Yeah. No, I mean, I, again, I, I I agree. I think we need to be able to have the the art of – somebody just said we've lost the art of listening, and I agree. I, I think that we need to be What's able that? to – somebody in the chat room just said we, we've lost the – yes, I know what you're saying. <laughs> Shut up story. All right. Oh, I um, love it. I wanted to get your take on ranked choice, but we're up against the break. And so I don't know if you want to start off with that or we can pick that up later, whatever you want to do. But we do have to go to break. Chris Story is our guest. Uh, he is uh, down in Homer. We're going to be back with him here in just a moment. The, the Michael Duke Show. I can't believe he caught me with that one. Wasn't even paying attention, right? We're going to be back. Chris Story, our guest, The Michael Duke Show, Common Sense, Liberty Based. Free Thinking Radio. We return to more right after this. Our light, our guide, and our trusted friend. All right, Chris Story's in the chat room with us. We might as well just hit the ranked choice voting thing here in the break, and if they want to go back and listen to it on the podcast, they can. Uh, I mean, what's your thoughts? I mean, now that you've gone through it and you've seen and you've talked to people and you've you know you got the community down there, what's your take on the whole ranked choice thing now that uh, now that it's uh, happened and taken place, Chris? I, I still I'm still confused. I'm still okay thinking. Wait a minute. At some point, this is going to be moved to. Uh, the general election. Here's what I don't like. I don't like that most of us don't know how it came to be. Unless you're hearing something different, Michael, maybe I'm just living in my own echo chamber. I'm not talking to people that are thrilled by it. Maybe the jungle primary, maybe, hey, you know, you had Democrats that would be registering as Republicans just to be able to jump into their um into the primary, et cetera, et cetera. I don't know. Maybe that's better. Maybe it should be, but I don't see how it serves us to have 48 choices on the ballot. And mm. um, I don't know. It, to me, I find more confusion. Uh, um, I don't think it's helping. I don't think ultimately it's going to be looked back at history as it having been a good idea. I think it was an experiment that uh, was foisted upon us for other motives. And as you and I discussed on my show last week, the dark money was the big scare tactic that maybe drove people to vote yes for it out of, I think, complete confusion. Yeah. It should be recalled. 
No, I mean, and you ask how we got it. Well, we got it from outside influence. I mean, uh, outside influence groups poured $7 million into this state to promote uh, ranked choice voting, and they didn't promote it on the merits of the ranked choice portion of it at all. They pushed it as the elimination of dark money. In fact, the few people that I have talked to over the last two years who uh, were what I consider to be conservatives and, you know, pretty smart people. And when we got talking about it and they said, yes, they voted for it. And I said, why? Why did you vote for it? Well, because it got rid of dark money. That was the messaging. Ninety percent of the messaging was the elimination of dark money. Uh, There was only 10 percent maybe that talked at all about the ranked choice voting component of it, which to me was the biggest issue. I mean, that was, you know, 25, 26, 27 pages in the voter pamphlet on the changes that it was going to rot on the uh, on the election system. And nobody bothered to read those. So, I mean, right. it it's just... You know, it is. It's uh, it's crazy how we ended up here. And I agree with you. I think it needs to be repealed. I think we need to get back to one person, one vote. And if we have to have a runoff, we have to have a runoff. That should that should yep. just be the way it is. Um, but um, it's, you know, the, the whole thing, it was the disingenuousness, especially after the Project Veritas people came out and basically said what we were all saying. I mean, we were saying it to ourselves. They just said it out loud when they had the Murkowski people on camera basically saying we did this for Lisa Murkowski. We pitched it as dark money because we knew that that's what would sell to Alaskans. And we just hope that that doesn't come out to the campaigns that they know that it was dark money. Um, And, uh, you know, this is all about getting uh, Lisa elected. I mean, these were all political operatives who'd worked for or with Lisa in the past. I mean, Scott Kendall, et cetera. And uh, for her and for Bill Walker, that's what the whole point of this whole thing was. That was the only way they, they knew that Lisa would never survive a primary again and that she would have to mount another write-in campaign and maybe this one wouldn't be so successful so yeah, like that free gas uh giveaway uh she refused to talk to the project veritas reporter i mean it was so obvious she was trying to i mean to just sit down and talk about it you know be so yeah just sit down and talk about it but I, I don't think we'll get any real answers out of that campaign yeah she is she is at once as i said a daughter of alaska and probably very pro-Alaskan and really truly does love the state and is power hungry and is never going to want to give up that seat right. and does believe it's hers by birthright and wants to retain it at any and all costs. I mean, you've... Can't those things both be true? Right. Oh, I agree. I think they both can be true. I mean, have have you reached out to the Murkowski campaign to have her on your program? No, and they've never reached out to me. I don't um, think I don't think they're interested in discussing anything. With I've I've reached out. I've reached out to that campaign. I haven't had her on the program in years because the last time I had her on, I don't think she liked the questions that I asked. But I haven't had her on the program in years, and I've reached out to her and heard absolutely nothing. Heard mm-hmm. absolutely nothing. I mean, there's just no interest in communicating with the people of Alaska except from the elevated stage or from digital, you know, YouTube videos or radio ads or television ads, they just don't seem to want to engage with people who may ask the hard questions. I mean, it was the same problem with Don Young. He did not want to talk to me after I called him on the carpet for uh, supporting unconstitutional laws, things that were blatantly unconstitutional on their face. And he had the audacity to tell me, well, that that wasn't his job. His job was to pass the law, not decide if it was constitutional or not. And then why did you swear an oath to the Constitution? Did I think Don had the best interest of Alaska in his mind? Yes. Did I think he was the best man for the job? No. 
uh, you know, because of that kind of mentality. That made no sense to me whatsoever. So you're right. Two things can be true. Two opposing or seemingly opposing things can be true at the same time. It just doesn't, uh, it just doesn't make sense. Um, all right. Um, we are about 25 seconds out, so we're going to uh, put Chris back on hold, and we're going to come back to him here in just a second, and we're going to continue. I suppose I should pull that. I suppose I should pull that down, shouldn't I? Uh, we're going to continue here in just a hot second uh, with uh, Chris Story, the man from Homer. Please like and share this video. Like and follow the show page. Let's get to it. Here we go. Our uplift is next. <laughs> Chris, Chris Story, the man from Homer, joins us uh, every Tuesday. Today is no different, but we kept him for two segments. We did some uh, politicking in the beginning, and it was politicking, but in a Chris Story way. Kind of touchy-feely, you know. It's just kind of how he is. Um, uh, but a good stuff. Good, good stuff. Um, and I am uh, I'm looking forward to continuing this conversation. But uh, let's... Um, Let's uh, let's talk a little bit of uplift. What are we talking about this week, Chris? What is your topic for today? How to get what you don't want. You've got what I don't want. How to get what you don't want. Oh, how, how to, to get, get it. I was just going to like yeah. to say, you have what I don't want. Okay, thanks. See you later. <laughs> um, you know, um, all right. Uh, how to get what I don't want. Okay, so I guess first and foremost, that raises the question. Why would I want well, it, what I don't want? Go ahead. I'm sorry. Exactly. Exactly. No, that is the, exactly the question. Why? Um, why? Yeah. Why would you do what it appears is heading you towards what you say you do not want? And I was thinking about, you know, talking to you this morning and, and I um, was reading in my libraries. I am every morning. And I just kept I, I randomly grabbed three different books, one by Zig Ziglar one uh, by Wayne Dyer and another one by uh, Robert G. Allen. And in all three, I randomly opened to chapters just to reread or kind of sift through some thoughts because I'm, I'm also um, writing a, a piece that I, I wanted some inspirational uh, material for. And I kept coming across in each book randomly. And I'm telling you, this was weird because the through line was, was as though I planned it. I kept running across the quote, as you think, so shall you be. And obviously this is biblically based. James Allen wrote a little book on it in 1910 called As the Man Thinketh. It's an incredible idea that as you think, so shall you be. So the question then follows, how are you thinking? And if you're thinking in a negative vein towards almost everything that you think about, you're going to get what? Negative feedback. You're going to right. get what you focus on. So I started thinking, well, how do you get what you don't? want in life and how do some people just repeatedly fall into a hole that they had to see coming how did you not see the negative result that would yield from your negative thinking or behavior or this sort of negative feedback loop that you get stuck in right well it's when you focus on what you don't want you tend to get it and that's incredibly simple but it's true and we've all met that person right the human eeyore who's like I don't know why this always happens to me. I don't know why my car always breaks and my wife always leaves me and my dog always dies. It's just, that's my lot in life. And that's, I mean, right? I mean, like you said, the people who are constantly 
that's what they're focusing on. Um, that's what they're attracting. I mean, uh, the, the James Allen book, As a Man Thinketh, uh, you and I occasionally do, you know, we, you know, we recommend books to listeners. And that has always been the book that I have recommended to anybody who wants a quick little read on, uh, on making their life better. To me, that book was life-changing. I carried a copy of that book around in my back pocket for about five years until the book absolutely fell apart. And anytime I had five minutes and I was sitting and waiting for something, I would sit there and read it. This is before you could listen to audiobooks on your cell phone, apparently. Um, but I mean, that's, that's what I was doing. I was reading that little book until I absolutely wore it out. And it changed my life because as you think, so shall you be. That is, I mean, that's 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 a principle that is as old as as old as philosophy itself. And it's not just that we know that person. I will tell you and confess right here. I am that person at times. I am that person that will suddenly find everywhere I'm going. There's a hurdle. Oh, yeah, here's a hurdle. Here's a hurdle. Wait a minute. Ah, it's me. And so I have to reshift my focus and think in terms of, OK, hold on. If I'm having a problem at every turn of life, 360 degrees around this particular whole life, could it be me? And what I'm thinking, I have to shift my focus. As I mentioned, I, I was sifting through three uh, books this morning, just looking for some inspirational material for this piece I'm writing. And it's like, I'm constantly tuning and sharpening the saw of positivity, of optimism, of looking at the brighter side, looking at what else could this mean, because I can, just like any of us, fall into the trap of that negative feedback loop of looking at what I don't want. And suddenly, like my friend John Calhoun used to always say, because he was a race car driver at one point in his life, and he'd say, if you focus on the wall, you're going to hit it. If you focus on where you want to go, that's where the car will go. And that's common sense. It's simplistic, but it's true. If you focus on what you do not want, you're bound to get it. Occasionally, you can swerve around it at the last second. But why spend our life focused on what we don't want? Why spend so much of our time in a negative space where you've relived a negative response or a negative outcome over and over and over again? Maybe you get it. Maybe you don't. But if you've already lived through that negativity for months or years, you've already lost before it's even started. Right. You've lost necessarily. Don't focus on what you do not want. You just you just hit me with the the, the whole race car driver thing because I remember driving uh, when I was first learning how to drive. I remember uh, I remember my dad or somebody was basically saying, you know, it says, you know, watch out for the mailboxes, but don't look at them. Don't focus on them because then you'll hit them. Mm -hmm. uh, and it was true because yeah. if you're looking at the mailboxes, worried about hitting them, you you do you event. I mean, I think that's a that's a great example because um, that's you know you're 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 desperately trying to avoid it, but it's consuming all of your thought, and so therefore you have a much greater likelihood of smashing the mirror on it on the way by versus looking down the road at the middle line of where you want to go, and that's what you're focusing on. Um, that's a, that's a, that's a perfect example because I, I do remember that from the driving lessons. Don't focus on the mail because we lived in a rural area that had mailboxes all over the road. Don't focus on the mailboxes, focus on the, on the yellow line in the center of the road and go down, you know, focus on that. So focus on where you want to go, not on the peripherals and the things that get you sidetracked. I talked to somebody uh, a couple of weeks ago and they made a financial decision, not based on what was happening in their life not based on what was happening in reality, but they very clearly said, because I asked a few questions, they clearly stated they were making this decision 
based on the economy. And, and I thought to myself, well, they're going to get the results of not manifesting more wealth or abundance simply because they saw the economy as completely out of their control. Thus, they're not making this investment. They will not reap the rewards later. They will have brought it full circle because the economy, <clears throat> which is scary, it's out of your control. There's nothing you can do about the economy. They took what was within their control and diminished their own capacity as a result of right. something they felt was out of their control. They are creating, they're getting what they don't want, which is a negative right. outcome of a bad economy, which means lack versus abundance. Well, and that's the irony, right? I mean, because the, the economy is based on the faith of the of the people collectively, right? That's really what the economy is about. It's based on the faith of what do they save their money? Do they spend their money? Do they invest their money? Do they squander it? I mean, that's what the economy is all about. I mean, economics are, are, are really all about the faith of the people in the system. And so if you look at it and go, oh, I'm not going to do it now. Well, then you're going to reap in the end what, you know, what you're what you're reaching in on there. Not to say that you take wild stabs in the dark, but if you've got a good solid plan, now is the time to do it. Not worry about what the economy is going to do this year or next year, but 10 or 15 years from now. And, and also what's within your control is your economy and the decisions you make for you and your family, your own economic well-being are directly within your control. So if you're allowing fear or negativity of what you don't want or things that you're worried that might occur, you're going to bring it directly to your economy versus letting go of the economy. You can't control the economy, yeah. but you can control yours. I love telling a story. We don't have time for it, but it's I, I need to share it again at some point in the near future about a family who created wealth at their kitchen table in the worst of times because it can happen and it can happen for you uh, unless you just let the economy happen to you. All right. So how to get what you don't want? Focus on the things that you don't want. That's how you get it. Focus on the Every things time. that you... That's right. Focus on the things that you do want. Change your mind. As a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. Make it work. Chris Story, my friend, thank you so much for coming on board. My pleasure, Michael. Thanks for having me. Folks, we're out of time. The Michael Duke Show continues tomorrow. Justin Ruffridge from the Peninsula and uh, Mike Shower will be our guests. We will see you then, folks. Have a great day. All right, my friends, we're out of time for today. Thank you for coming on board. Again, please don't forget to uh, go over to YouTube and like and subscribe over there in case you didn't get notifications this morning on Facebook. Apparently, a lot of you didn't uh, get uh, didn't get uh, uh, those notifications this morning. Well, you could fix that by simply going over to YouTube and hitting the subscribe button and ringing the bell for notifications or going over to Twitch and doing the same thing and following. So there you go. We will see you tomorrow, my friends. Be kind, love one another, live well.
we've shed our terrestrial radio skin, and now we are slimy lizard internet people. It's the Michael Duke Show.